There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You've come this far, and you know it's out there. Welcome to Dragon Quest. You're not going to scare us. Scared him? Whilst we're waiting for House of the Dragon Season 2, Jamie East and Chris Mandel dive into some acclaimed series just ripe for a bit of analysis. In this episode, we'll be looking at HBO and Sky Atlantic's critically acclaimed and hugely popular adaptation of the game series, The Last of Us. Well, hello there, Dragoncasters. How are you doing? It's Jamie here. On I'm on my own today. Uh, Chris is busy doing whatever it is that Chris... What does Chris actually do when he's not Dragoncasting? Who knows? He'll be cooking. That's what he'll be doing. Uh, it's not Dragoncast either. Very excited because, uh, again, uh, we are last cast. The wonderful people at Sky and HBO have uh, pulled it out of the bag again because they offered me the chance to speak to Jeremy Webb. Uh, now, you may not know uh, Jeremy Webb by name, but you'll certainly know his work. Uh, he is the director of episodes four and five of The Last of Us. But as you'll hear from our chat, he has done tons and tons of things that you will have watched from Fear of the Walking Dead to the Umbrella Academy to Lock and Key. He knows his stuff. He was in Toronto and I was in Dragoncast HQ and we had a good chat all about, I was quite intrigued about how uh, directors work in a show-run environment as opposed to kind of a movie environment. So we chatted about that and of course about the decisions made uh, for episodes four, which we'll have just seen. If you haven't seen it, go and check it out because this is full of episode four spoilers. Uh, It's available on Sky and Now TV, obviously, or uh, HBO Max if you are uh, overseas. And we get a few teasers to episode five, not many because we don't want to spoil it, but we do touch upon uh, the introduction of Henry and Sam, which those game players is, well, you know what happens. Right, that's enough chitty chat from me. Before I go, just wanted to say thank you to uh, Dominic and Mayron at Sky and also all the HBO people for reaching out and helping us out with all the guests that we get on for the vast majority of our, of our episodes, whether it be House of the Dragon or, or Game of Thrones or, or indeed Last of Us. And long may that continue too. You never know, we might get a few more over the coming weeks because The Last of Us, it's turned into an absolute phenomenon. Before I do go though, uh, don't forget that this week's uh, episode of Last of Us, episode five, is actually airing in the UK on Saturday morning at 2am. That's because of the uh, Super Bowl, I think, whenever that happens, whenever that ridiculously long game happens uh, over the weekend was going to clash with the airing of The Last of Us in America, so they've shifted it all forward, which is great for us. Even HBO can't compete with the might of Rihanna uh, doing a medley for 15 minutes. 
So don't forget, set your sky planners. Last of Us, uh, Saturday morning at 2am in the UK on Now TV as well. Right, here we go. Here's Jeremy Webb, director of episodes four and five of The Last of Us. We'll see you Monday for a regular Dragon cast. If you don't think there's hope for the world, why bother going on? We haven't seen the world. Jeremy, welcome to what we normally call Dragon cast, but every now and then we rename ourselves Last Cast. Uh, as as it works only works with a Derby accent, unfortunately. But l- <laughs> welcome, welcome to Last Cast, a bonus episode of, of Dragon Cast, and uh, and and a very grateful one because I get to talk about the Last of Us uh, again. Uh, you for the for for the listeners who um, aren't aware, you've directed pretty much everything. I think it seems to be. If you go to your IMDb, there's not a lot left uh, that, that, that hasn't had your 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 magic dust sprinkled over of it, over it. Oh, you're, very, you're very kind, Jamie. Well, I mean, some great stuff as well. You know, uh, the Umbrella Academy, Lock and Key, which is uh, which is uh, Stephen King's son. Uh, yeah. You are the streaming uh, platforms go-to guy for uh, for getting the job done, right? You've been you seem to have been busy since Grange Hill back in the year two thousand. Uh, well, that's very kind, Jamie. Uh, pleasure to talk to you today. Uh, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've done quite a lot of different genres of, of late, since sort of being predominantly based in America. Uh, I've had the, uh, um, had the luck of, of being involved in a lot of high-concept dramas. Yeah. Talk to me about how this gig uh, popped up. Uh, well, I'd been, uh, you know, I'd had a good run with uh, Marvel and Netflix and certainly with the Umbrella Academy and a number of, and Shadow and Bone as well on Netflix. Mm. Um, so after a while you get, uh, you know, you, you obviously sort of make, a, make, make a lot of acquaintances as you work your way through the different projects. Yeah. Um, and I, I think obviously you, you, with high concept drama, you develop a lot of uh, skill sets that involve a lot of visual effects and stunts, as well as dealing with actors. Um, so I think you kind of you kind of get known for that as as somebody who can uh, deal with sort of larger train sets. And this show was probably the largest train set I ever had a chance to play with. Is that daunting or exciting? Um, it, it's 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 exciting. I think uh, once you develop the ability to understand that. Um, you're only as good as your as the team that you're given uh, to achieve all this, all this, you know, the, all, all the stunts of the action. I think once you you understand that it's a it's a big team process uh, that every department sh- obviously needs to be directed. But on a show like The Last of Us, we really had you know the best in the business um, to achieve this extraordinary world and everything that happened in it. So I think um, I think what you need is a very clear vision. Uh, about what what you want to see and uh, how you want to make the audience feel for some of the larger big set pieces, and um, and then obviously in co- in collaboration with uh, Craig and Neil and the team, uh, you you go about making a a big plan, a huge plan, because uh, logistically and financially it's it's a little bit like D Day. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine. You know, you 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 you, you appoint your troops and your officers. Uh, and uh, and you go to war for people like me who who aren't and and the listeners who aren't kind of in the, in the weeds so to speak of of how these shows get made to a lot of people you know 
a film, a, a director in our mind is Hitchcock or uh, Spielberg or one of these guys that that is there, kind of like from the off, like nurturing this seedling into into a fully fledged uh, kind of tree. Casting, directing, you know, involved in every single facet of, 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 of the production. And it's very much kind of their vision and their baby. How is that in, in a series such as The Last of Us, where you have showrunners who, who I guess would probably say it was their baby, although I'm sure a lot of people will be arguing over that baby. Uh, how, how does the dynamic work in that? And what does the director's role play? Well, that's a really good question. Uh, Certainly in the American system, I mean, uh, Craig and Neil and HBO had been involved uh, <clears throat> in the development of this project for quite some time before the directing team is brought on board. Um, but uh, And then you go through a process of being selected for that, and that, that will either be because you've worked on, on something that has perhaps a similar tone, uh, or the skill set that you've demonstrated on other shows is exactly the skill set that they need in order to make this happen. So, uh, you know, there, were, there was a team of us. I mean, I directed two of them. And that, uh, that means you, you, you join the show probably about eight or nine weeks before you start filming, where you go through a, uh, you know, a very, very intense period of preparation um, and some casting that you'll do in collaboration with, uh, with, with Craig Mazin and Neil. And... Um, uh, and uh, and I think it's about you know it's a very in, you know uh, intense and uh, hopefully enjoyable collaboration with them and they want you to to come on board and and have a vision um, but obviously that does that vision is discussed with them um, and you kind of figure it out together. It's very much like a relay race, isn't it? You know, you're kind of like you're being passed a baton, uh, and and also having to prep your own baton to to be grappled by someone else as well, and. Uh, you know what a baton to be handed uh you know yeah. episode oh, yeah. three yeah. episode three has had the the whole world uh talking over the past over the past what what's seven days since it nine days since it came out did you see the scripts for the preceding episodes and also the ones coming afterwards yeah absolutely um particularly the ones coming before your episodes um and that that sort of happens even before the kind of uh, interview stage so you have a good idea about how the story's set up how you know, a good idea about what your episode is going to be, and and sort of um, uh, and also you have a good idea about uh, the directing style of the show, mm. uh, and 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 because there's so many of you, that sort of concept about how um, how we're going to shoot the show um, is very much discussed with the showrunners, uh, yeah. because uh, Craig and Neil had a very specific um, you know vision about wanting it to feel very authentic. And the point, of, the point of view of characters mm. was really important because obviously the game is very much from their point of view. You discover things as you're, you know, moving through these extraordinary landscapes and, and spaces. So the show had to lean into that, I think, because you really want to be predominantly with them, either Ellie's point of view, Joel's point of view. And we had these discussions about, well, if we're going to do these kind of classic kind of like end of world type vista shots, you know who, whose points? You know whose points of view are they? And we resisted for quite some time about doing drone shots and yeah. and, and big epic kind of like Roland Emmerich type you know vistas. Sure. But ultimately, what's it's quite interesting because there are some. But if you notice, we've we we really only started really seeing the world until episode four. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of the scale, because you know it's about the perspective, and uh, we really wanted to keep you know the sort of the the um, 
the the Boston part of the story very kind of claustrophobic mm. because you're sort of shut in there, and and really as they move through America, the the sort of vista starts to open up, and, and we did get drawn into having, you know, you know some aerial photography and gently sort of kind of gliding over the land to see, you know, a uh, a destroyed America, a corrupted and overgrown America. So those are things. Sorry, Karen. So, so, so those are things as a as a as a director joining the team of directors is very much discussed is discussed with the showrunner beforehand about how, how you know how do we want me how do we want the audience to feel uh, whose perspective are, are we sharing at this time yeah um, so so quite a sort of collaborative rule book I mean obviously rules are there to be broken but that's very much the sort of thrust of joining the team of directors about. You know, whose story is it? Whose perspective are we seeing? The episode that we watched uh, Monday in the UK, Sunday in uh, the, in the US, was was your first. Was episode four in the series? You've you've you're doing concurrent episodes four and five, so um, we can talk a lot about four. I've seen five, but we probably can't really talk about it because this episode will be going out. Well, we definitely can't talk about it because this episode is going out before before five airs, even though it's been brought forward to uh, because of the Super Bowl. Um, so everyone gets to see it on Saturday in the UK rather than uh, rather than Monday, which is which is very exciting for everyone here. This definitely felt as you as you said, you know, it, it felt like a bit of a departure from the first three episodes, certainly from episode three. Uh, whereas actually the world is as the road is widened it's like it's like coming off a country lane onto the m25 it's it, everything's everything's bigger and also probably has a, more of the game in it if that makes sense there are lots and lots of not necessarily easter eggs um but certainly nods to the game there are a few moments in there that are that are kind of just mirrored which was which was really good and i think listening to craig and neil talk um about their about how they chose those moments and when and where they chose those moments it was really good because it was kind of like well which i guess helps because neil was involved in the game where it's just like well is it better than the game if it's not better than the game then we do it like the game which seems like such a logical thing to do um how did you presumably had you played the game were you aware of all these kind of mirrorings and and nods and like you know the siphon and the you know all of all of the pun book and, and all those kind of things were, were they ex- Explain to you, or you were you a bit of a shoot 'em up? I, you know, did my research even before I met Craig and Neil, and uh, understood that obviously the pun book is is very much from the game, um, uh, and uh, obviously they've they've added to that in the writing to come up with even yeah. more, and 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 actually we sort of improvised a few more, improvised a few more with with Bella and Pedro, which was oh, which, wow. which was kind of kind of fun. Uh, yeah, we had a sequence that was. Uh, 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 within 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 the montage to um, uh, the the song that's played the Hank it's the, the Hank Williams song that they play on the on the road trip yeah uh, there were a couple of moments where they were sort of improvising uh, when they pulled over on the road it didn't make the cut but it was really fun just to see them kind of like run with the pun idea and come up yeah. with their own so <laughs> the, and so there's some some lovely outtakes there which maybe one day people will see. Um, but sure, I, w- I was aware of the classic bearskin moment and it was a thrill to sort of see that become a real thing with real actors uh, yeah. going all, going along in, 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 a, in, in the truck from the game uh, on a sort of four or five uh, miles of highway that we'd closed so that, you know, so that we didn't get any stray vehicles. We got the occasional stray vehicle that would go past the window and go, oh, that shouldn't be there. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, and obviously, I mean, there are the moments like as they're approaching the uh, the blocked road in Kansas, you know, where there's the time jump between Ellie. I'm not tired at all. Cut to her with her mouth open catching yeah. flies. Yeah, that was a nice callback to, to a shot in episode one as well with um, with Sarah trying to watch the movie on the, the, in the very first episode as well. It was lovely, really nice. Uh, also, the uh, the hijack as well, or sort of like the um, the trap. Uh, obviously, that was very much. Uh, inspired by a number of elements from the game. Mm. Obviously, we didn't have the, is it a school bus or something that comes flying down the road and, and yes. makes him turn? We we decided we didn't need to do that. At one point, we were deciding whether we should have the guy appear in the front with a gun, which is directly from the, ga- from the game. Craig and I discussed that for a long while, and ultimately we thought, yeah, we should put that in. Sometimes we, we, we stick very rigidly to it, and then sometimes for... Various reasons, whether it's just uh, production, whether it's the literal cost of doing it, or whether we really f- need to spend that money to do that just to keep yeah. up with the game, or whether there's enough in place. So, one thing that I really like in uh, certainly this episode that, that, that really brought home in this episode is how it doesn't deal with killing people lightly. In the game, it's very easy to become blase with just shooting people in the head and walking on and reading from a pun book. That doesn't happen here and we saw that in black and white when when ellie makes her first kill and and the fact that he doesn't just die there's a moment where the guy is talking about his mum uh and it's a tough moment to watch and it's a tough moment for for joel as well um was that discussed because it's all too easy to get flippant about just blowing people's brains out uh on the playstation and i guess there have been other I guess, apocalyptic zombie-style shows which have kind of treated with the same kind of blasé uh, nature. How, how, how was that tackled? Was that was that a conscious thing on your part? Yeah, I mean, it was very much from the script. Um, I can't remember what war it was from, but I remember Craig talking to me about, uh, I've pretty much lifted these lines from uh, a memoir about uh, somebody had, somebody having to, having to kill somebody. Um, and 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 it just turns out as this horrific kind of messy experience. Wow. Um, and and I remember him saying, I, "I've put this in the script because it's important just to remind everybody how how awful and how terrible it is, and how difficult it is sometimes yeah. to kill somebody. And, and some people just won't die, and you have to use the most appalling means to dispatch them. And and violence is horrible and messy and um, shooting someone, you know, you should think about it before you do it because it's, it doesn't, it's not just wham bam. It's, uh, it's, it's human beings are difficult to kill. <laughs> there we go. I won't ask how you know that. Um, Melanie Linsky uh, inspired uh, choice uh, to play Kathleen. I always say the best baddies are the ones that seem really nice, and 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 she she plays that to a T. What can we expect? Uh, from her over the next episode, how, how's, how does, how's that going to pan out? How can you tell us? Can you? Is there much development going on there? I can't tell you. Great, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we we we, we can talk about her amazing uh, Melly Linsky is. We can. Uh, I mean, I think I I, I think uh, we wanted to cast somebody that was very different, um, very different to Tess, um, because you know we had somebody like that in the show, so. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, very different to Anna, who played Tess, and and I think it was great to subvert, to subvert that expectation of somebody with so much power um, that actually she's she's uh, somebody who kind of want who you'd, you, who you would expect to say she, you know, she wants to see the manager, you know. <laughs> she's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. She's, 
you know, she's just there, wants to, you know, make a customer service complaint. You know, she's a very ordinary woman who's pushed to do extraordinary things because of, uh, of how she feels about what Fedra has done to her. To her brother, I think that's what I like about the characters in this is that is that normally it doesn't fall into the tropes of everyone seems to be XSAS or immediately handy at skinning a rabbit or or you know all of these things. There are just people that used to work in a supermarket and now, as we've seen in you know current day and over in Ukraine and stuff, that you know this web designers are now carrying missile launchers and it's that it's that kind of the humanity of it that I think people are really attracted to in this in this show. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. And I think ultimately the story uh, f- for me is about parenting, you know, um, and, uh, you, know, the uni- you know, how universal parenting is, whether it's from your own blood yeah. or whether it's a, a, a child that you're entrusted with um, and, and what we will do to protect our children. Um, and the often the awful things that we have to do to protect our children. Yeah, uh, you give us a cliffhanger uh, in in episode four. Uh, we meet um, Henry and Sam. Now, those that have played the game will know who Henry and Sam are. They'll have some inkling of of, of what's to come. Have you been kind to us? Are you going to hurt us, uh, Jeremy? Are we going to be hurt all over again next week? You'll have to watch it to find out. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> oh dear, uh, Jeremy! Thank you so much for joining uh, joining me on Last Cast. It's been a, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. And congratulations! Uh, another notch on your already notched to shit bedstead. Uh, well done, <laughs> mate. <laughs> oh, thanks, Jamie. Appreciate it. Really, really lovely talking to you. If you'd like to get involved in the podcast, just head over to Twitter at dragoncast underscore pod or email dragoncast at daftdoris.com and leave us your Easter eggs, predictions and thoughts on the show. You can also watch this episode over on our YouTube channel. Just search for Dragoncast Jamie East. Any support, whether it's a follow, a share, a mention to your friend on the bus or a tattoo on your backside is very much appreciated. Dragoncast is hosted by me, Jamie East, along with Chris Mandel and is a Daft Doris production. Drakkar.